the views and opinions expressed on this podcast solely of those of the people appearing on the podcast and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. You are listening to Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association, brought to you by Simplot, a forward-thinking company committed to bringing next-level innovation and solutions to turf managers from coast to coast. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association, proudly brought to you by Simplot. I'm Alan Knight. Joined by my man, Campbell Cox. Campbell, how are you? Hello, Alan. Good to be back once again. Yeah, I'm starting to enjoy this, my man. Getting a little break from Tim, and you and I get to spend some time together for a change. So, I, I really kind of like our off-air conversations more than our on-air conversations. I know. I'm not going to lie. It's too bad they can't be on air. But you're, <laughs> you're not in our time zone right now, are you? No, sir. No, sir. I'm in Houston, Texas. The uh, Simplot team has gotten together for our national sales meeting, Yeah, which is really cool because we you know obviously we took a year off from covid yeah um so it's really good to, to be back together with the entire organization from california all the way to georgia and the carolinas um, nice. and we're getting all reviewed up on the, what kind of year we had and and looking ahead to next year so it's, it's just really fun to be back together as an organization as a team and exciting things to come I know you have good partners out there, but if you ever need to test products, I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina. But, <laughs> I know where you live, Alan. So, what else is keeping you busy, man, or keeping Simplot people busy? Well, just, you know, right now is kind of a time for reflection, quite honestly. And, um, you know, just looking back on last month with the, uh, with the Carolinas trade show, it was one of those things, too, where it was just awesome to be back together and see some familiar faces. Yes, it was. And, yes, it and was. And to be together. So, you know, there's right now is kind of when things begin to begin to go into a little bit of a downtime and guys are able to catch their breath a little bit before getting busy again with fertilizer season and things like that. So yeah. we're just, uh, we're, we're busy doing meetings and we're busy just, you know, reviewing how the year went and looking ahead to things we can try or, you know, look at differently next year. That's so right. that's what's going on. Well, I want to hit on what you said about the Carolina show. It was great to see everybody. A lot of fun, but I want to say one of my proudest moments was walking into your booth on that second day, and you had the Pulling Weeds logo on everybody's sleeve. You know, I never thought that would have been a thing, but thank you for that. that Absolutely, man. I should have taken the picture and sent it to my mom. She would have been oh. proud. Well, i tell you what turned out. The, um, the logo, I was a little skeptical about how good that logo might turn out with yeah. you and I tim's mugs on there but i tell you what it, it turned out pretty good man it's a good representation of you too thank you and if you want to see the shirt we did put it on the pulling weeds uh twitter handle your photo there so and absolutely I want, I want to thank you simplot and the listeners for three great years this is our final episode of season three and uh i hope you come back and join us next year in 2022 season four we're looking forward to the continued partnership, Alan. Um, it's when you put it in those terms, man. It's hard to believe the three years have come and gone so quickly. Flown by, um, and I and I think that you guys have done an awesome job of representing this industry and um, and these podcasts and just the, just the, the the content that's coming from them and what we learn from these great superintendents, man. It's just been awesome. Well, as always, we appreciate your partnership. Thank you for the opportunity, and it's certainly been fun and. You got to go get some of those Sidewinder fries if you see them in your local market. So they are good. I, I now have a source locally, and I'm ready to hook some people up. Let's, so let's stay tuned on that one, too. Well, our interview today is David McIntosh. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell you too much more because it is such a good interview. You're going to enjoy it. So, Campbell, thank you. And uh, I guess I'll be talking to you again on January 1st. Yep. Merry Christmas to you and your family there, Alan. Have a good new year, man, and we will see you down the road, brother. You too, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yes, sir. 
This portion of the Pullin' Weeds podcast is brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture. Simplot is a global organization that prides itself in technology and innovation. Whether it's in the food services sector with the recent introduction of the new Sidewinder French Fry, or with the mining of phosphorus to yield products that help control wildfires, or providing you economical and effective product options for managing your turf grass. Simplot is proud to invest its resources into technology and innovation to ensure our market has a bright future with products that you can depend on year after year. Simplot, bringing Earth's resources to life. We're up here at a place today that not a lot of people have been yet with uh, a guy that I don't think a lot of people, unless you're up in the area, really have gotten to know. Um, I'm lucky enough to have played golf with him. But um, David, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, tell everybody where we are. What's the name of the place officially? So we are at High Hampton in Cashers, North Carolina. And that's just it, High Hampton? There's nothing resort, country club? So High Hampton is the development. Um, High Hampton is will refer to the inn and the overnight accommodations that are run by Blackberry Farms. Okay. And then the club amenity side of it is called the club at High Hampton. But it's all under the High Hampton umbrella. And even though you are a Class A PGA member, you are the guy they hired to grow this place in? Yes. I, <laughs> I supervise the construction, so I'm Class A in the PGA, have been since 94, and Class A in the GCSA. So. Man. You that, didn't know that, did you, Alan? I, I, was was I was going to sneak it in early so you could <laughs> plug it in later. That means he passed his PAT. I know. I'm all plugged in now. So you, you got your Class A in the mid-90s, you said? Early 90s. 94. So you had to go to the schools. Like I did. You, it wasn't, there was no PGM where you do it in class. There was. I did the PGM program at Fair State, so I got okay. my bachelor's degree there. And then school two was in Pittsburgh. And, Man. Um, yeah, I was elected in April of 94 in so, the Michigan section. The one thing I found funny about the PGA, it, the uh, golf club repair portion of, of school one, mm-hmm. whipping. Remember clubs? Oh, yeah. that had, hey, correct. Did, did we you, had to do that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Can you, you still have, do it? Man, it's been thirty years. But you could. So I don't know. It probably, you know, might take me a time or two to get to get through it. But well, let's start there, Michigan. I heard that come out. Fair State, correct. Where'd you grow up? I was born and raised in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, we had a family-owned golf course there. Which one? It was called Peach Valley. It's not in existence anymore. Okay. Um, and then we bought one in Michigan. So I moved to Michigan in '83. So I was a sophomore in high school. Graduated high school there, went to college there, and then I spent the bulk of my golf professional and GM days in in Michigan. And I built a golf course for a developer um, in southeast Michigan and just fell in love with being outside. Okay. Got tired of looking out the windows going, man, is it awesome out there. So uh, I had asked the owner to make me the GM slash superintendent, and he said, man, I hired you to make my money, not spend our – to make my money not spend my money yeah and so you know i sucked it up for a few more years and then uh, one day my wife came home from work and i said uh you know i'm going back to school and changing careers and she said okay i said well the school's at penn state and i've got a job lined up in uh at muirfield village in ohio and that was when that was 2009 so you were in michigan from the time of getting out like like you said, I mean, mid-90s. So that was, what, 15 years? Right. Of being a golf pro? And then you said GM Correct. as well? yep. Same facility? You didn't move around? No, I was at, at several facilities. Okay. Um, I ran the largest junior program in the country. Which one? Uh, Flint Junior Golf Association. Yeah. Um, I had one of the largest teaching programs in, in Michigan. Um, yeah. So teaching was my, my uh, passion. Really enjoyed talking to people about playing golf and listening to their scores and how they improved and you know so teaching was what I kind of focused on uh, until I built that golf course and then just wanted to do agronomy so so do you have kids I do we've got four kids uh, two in Michigan still one in Atlanta and one in Miami any of them playing on tour I mean none of them play golf I mean come on none of them no no interest at all growing up no you know it was uh i grew up obviously in the golf business at family-owned courses so i've had a love-hate relationship with golf it (laughs) took my father away from me growing up and took me away from my kids but um you know we if we spent time together at the golf course we were fishing 
Okay. You know, we were chasing tadpoles and driving carts and tractors and whatever else. So nice. They grew up on a golf course. Yep. They would play golf whenever they wanted to, but they were never. So they're required. all out of the house now. Yep, they're all gone. Pretty good. Is that why you said condo a little while ago? Yeah. No yard. You no. don't have to do any of that. No, we got a house now, but there's not a stitch of oh, grass on right. it. Okay. So on purpose. That's four acres up here, and oh, wow. beautiful view of the mountains. Got a little pond and apple trees. Yeah, there's deer and turkey running around. So yeah, t- you're gonna find Tim in your yard at some point. That's fine. He's more than welcome. <laughs> that's oh man. I fought the wife on this last one. And we ended up. She wanted to build a house, and it's in a neighborhood. Sure. It's decent. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's great for the kids. They have friends, you know, but I fought for that couple acres. Right. And just get away. And It's a hundred. It's really 100% wooded, and you can't see a house. The old pee off the back deck dream. Oh, know? absolutely. And oh. it's a mile from here, so. It's, oh, that's it's good. good. Yeah. He rides his bike to work. Nice. Yeah. No. I, I take the truck. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not be confused there. <laughs> I was trying. To I, do I don't want to get that out because everybody that knows me is like, "There's not a chance that's that." <laughs> that would have worked too many hours for that. No doubt. All right, how many hours are you working now that it's open, more or less? Less. Good. You know, construction was seven days a week. That was a three-year process, and um, you know, during that time, we got 370 inches of rain. So, dude, three that, years. Yeah, I knew that. Well, I mean. What, 19 was the record-breaking year up here, wasn't it, or something? So we had 130 inches in 18. We had 100 inches in 19 and 140 inches last year. It was last year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jeez. So and you opened during COVID. We did. Genius move. It's I can't believe it. You know, we were talking about this earlier, but, you know, we anticipated there was 220 existing members. We thought we would keep 50 or 60 of them. We kept them all. Um, we developed, uh, we had 190 lots that are being developed that um, we've sold. We're, we're in the process of flipping them, yeah. Those, How do you find anybody to build houses right now? Can you? It's tough. We've got 50 houses under construction right now. Uh, 50? In this small little mountain town. Nobody could have predicted this. There was no business model out there that... How's would, unemployment in the area then? Are like people, everywhere else. You know, you can't find labor. You know, you just can't find Is everybody it. working up here, though? Pretty much. Pretty much. Because it seemed to me like there was a lot of opportunity for people to go to work up here just a couple years ago. There is. And there's, there still is now. I mean, you know, it, it's, no, it's no different off the mountain than it is up here. You know, restaurants are four or five days a week open now, and uh, they're closing down, you know, angles earlier. There's just a lot of stuff that's, that's going on. The labor shortage is a real issue. Yeah, no you doubt. Know, whether it's construction, whether it's golf course maintenance or food and beverage. You how, know, so. how many guys on your crew? So we've got um, roughly 35. Wow. 18-hole facility? 18-hole facility, yeah. We take care of – my title's the director of grounds. Um, we take care of the golf course, all the property around the core of the property, which is around the end, the pool, the lake, uh, where we're sitting up here now. And then we've got about 15 miles miles of hiking trails, and uh, we've got an equestrian center. We're building new employee housing. And all of Just this is private on. except for the inn, correct? Correct. Now, if you stay at the inn, you can play on the golf course, right? You can. So stay and play. Can you have access to the other amenities if you stay? Yes. Like the hiking trails, for instance, and things of that nature? Correct. Which is why you've got to stay on that all the time, too, now. It's not right, and we're, we're still in the, you know, we've developed this. So on the golf course, the old golf course was, you know, 5,500 yards, no, no bunkers, no irrigation system. Um, we tore down all the buildings and rebuilt new, you know, so. And you're on both sides of the highway, right? Both sides of the highway. Yeah, two through eight is on the other side. One and nine, driving range and back nine is on this side. Um we're building a bridge now, a wooden bridge that's going to go across Highway 107, which is going to be really cool. It's going to wind you through the woods and might be four or five hundred yard drive, three four hundred yards maybe. But your guys have had to cross that highway, right? Every hundred times a day, yeah. That's just danger. You don't want. No, that's why the bridge is going in. The bridge is going to be Same sixteen with the feet golf carts, wide. Right? Yep, exactly. You know, back in the day, it was never a problem, but Cashers has grown. Yeah. so much that it's not just our development i mean people have come for COVID, 
They showed up in March of 19 and have not left. We're hearing that in a lot of places. They they're getting out of the cities, you know, all the rioting and all that other stuff that was going on down there. They just the the catchers is generally an older type, right? Retirement kind of second home, third third or fourth home community, and um, the second generation took the kids to grandma and grandpa's, and then they've just stayed. You know, they can drive to Atlanta in two hours, two and a half hours. They can be in Charlotte in three hours. Yep. Knoxville. I mean, if you do a, a three-hour circle from here, you cover a lot of big cities. Five hours gets you to the coast and Birmingham and Lexington. And, you know, while you guys are 90 off the mountain, we're 75 up here. Yeah, so, and it's, I mean, it's all the stuff that you're reading about now in the news. And they focus on some of these places out west, like in the desert and these towns that have sure. been flooded and all these like Reno Tahoe, for instance, and all the challenges that have come with these people that have stayed, right? Right. Like, what the heck's going on? Like, you were supposed to leave. And now sure. these challenges, these communities have been taxed. and Yeah, so, I mean, it's just it's just growing. You know, yeah. people are coming and they're staying, and, and I think it's a trend, you know. I think people are going to travel to the cities for work days and still live in these remote areas and, you know, not spend all their time. Your kids didn't have to spend much time in this area, did they? No, I had one daughter. They were all in college except for one daughter went to school up here, finished her junior and senior year, and then... Because you moved here six years ago? Is that right? No, I moved here in 2011, so it's been almost 11 years now. What'd you do in 11? Did you come right... Wait, Wade Hampton? Wade Hampton. I was there for seven, eight seasons, seven plus years. Okay. As a superintendent and then did the renovation? Correct. <sighs> yeah. So you just been... finished the renovation back to back baby no i mean did they come after you they could just call you and say hey big dude well fazio did both right so this is a fazio design wade hampton was a is a fazio design right so it just so happened that our unique area up here with the rainfall yeah the lack of ease of getting materials and all that other stuff it was just the right fit oh without question um you know I, i look back on it man and it was four long years but yeah. I, you know, the experience that I got and the people that I've worked with and for has just been a dream career. Is this your rocking chair move now? I mean, are you going to go build another? They're going to have to kick me out of here. That's for okay. sure. So and you- I have no intentions <laughs> of going anywhere else. This is, uh, it's amazing. This is so pretty up here. I mean, I haven't seen hardly any of it. I mean, I've watched it coming up and down the road with Brian being president every now and then swinging right. over there. Yep. And, you know, you can see some areas where, I don't know. You're getting ready to to sod, for instance, or sure. a green got cut in, and, yep. and it's like wow. Because I mean, it just seemed to me like when you used to drive by, it felt like an old par three course that you'd see off to the left there with some wooden tees there occasionally, and like that old wooden shack. That's about all I remember. Yeah, you know that old wooden shack was a um, was a schoolhouse that was oh, built in 1850, wow. and we. Um, took the additions off of it we took the porches off of it and then we put it on a trailer and drug it down to this cashier's historical society really so, yeah how cool is that it was pretty neat we had to drop all the power lines and put it up on stilts back a trailer up underneath it and donate it to the historical society for that's awesome the history of cashers yeah that's, that's pretty cool, cool. Built i was getting ready to say you Old turned it into house. like the the comfort station or yeah. something crazy and so what's what? What are you going to hang your hat on on this project? What's your favorite part of it? Just the the idea that we came into a piece of property um, and really set out to make a golf course that whether you are a touring professional or a beginner, you're going to enjoy playing golf here. Wow! And I think we've done that. We've how, had touring professionals give us thumbs up. Um, you know, we're still striving. Uh, agronomically to be as close to the best as we can get um, but you'll see when you guys come back out and play you're going to enjoy this golf course it's it's in the mountains it's walkable we have a lot of members that walk really um, you know and then it's Fazio did a great job of making sure that you know there's trouble out there but you can play you know and we wanted birdies we wanted smiles we wanted memories we didn't want to you know host a u.s open we didn't want to beat people's brains in we, we wanted pure enjoyment and so the greens complexes are maybe more subtle they are nice. absolutely instead of these dramatic humps and 
rolls right. and things like that. Like the one fun. we just saw this morning that had what a twelve foot elevation change yeah. in the green. Yep. Jeremy at Springdale put one of these right behind the putting or putting greens right behind the the bar what they're going to put in. Sure. To sell more drinks, right? It's, <laughs> exactly. It's Keep them there and let them putt. Oh yeah, there putting contests there all night. You know, you can't even get it up the hill. But um, right. Golly. I know. I'm staring. I'm staring out this driving range, and it's just beautiful. Well, it, so I asked him, are, are is that real grass well, on those target greens? It is. They're bent grass. Uh, target greens are mowed at fairway height. That's what my question was. I was like, those cut at green height? He said fairway height, but they still, looks like you could practice there. Are they hand mowed? No. We mow them with the fairway units. Nice. So, what kind of surfaces we got out here? Are you allowed to say? It's 100% cool season grasses. You know, we've got a tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass rough. Okay. Fine fescues in our secondary rough. And then all of our playing surfaces are bent grass. So, we've got Crystal blue links on tees and fairways. What is that? Um, the is that, bent grass. Is that new? No, I put it in at Wade too. Okay. Um, and pure distinction on greens and approaches. Is that new? That's they're that's newer, not. yeah, but they're not like. That's none I know. Just now coming out. And so. this is your recommendations and choices for both facilities. You know, I did an eight-year program studying about twelve different varieties of bent, and they are far and above in our environment. Where did you do that? Seen at Wade Hampton. See, I don't think people understand what goes on sometimes at some of these facilities above and beyond just maintaining a golf course. Yeah, I don't think they really understand what goes on in maintaining a golf course either. You know, the general public and membership and people in the industry do. Golf professionals do to a certain level. But until you really, you know, see the day-to-day operations on what goes on and then the long-term planning of capital projects and – you know, 95% of what I do is management, right? 5% is agronomics. So, so talk to talk. Give the two-minute speech on a <clears throat> superintendent level then. As far as, what do you mean? Selling this place. What makes it stand out? What do you do different? Uh, you know, everybody's doing the same jobs, right? It's just the attention to detail, really, that, okay. that separates. You know, obviously you've got the property, right? And then you've got the architects, and then you have... Um, the playability functions of it you know superintendents growing up in this business you know if dad came out of his pocket with a $25 bag of fertilizer boy it better make it green and it better make him some money right okay you know when you get into these places where you've got two or three million dollar annual budgets you're expected to exceed every expectations 100% of the time every year every day every day every year right so you've got to you've got to pay attention you know, bunker rakes have to be perfect. You know, the flags have to be new. You know, the, the, there, there can't be a leaf out of place. You yeah. know, and um, it's really, you know, working at Muirfield Village, working at Shoal Creek, working at Wade Hampton, and seeing three top 50 golf courses and then combining that with 20 years of growing up working for Dad, right? You know, and, and, and that side of it, to where you know you had a couple hundred thousand dollar a year budget maybe on a good year right you still learn that that golfers respect and appreciate the best that it can be right and that may change if you would have played yesterday our greens were rolling 13 and a half now we've got this rain out here today and you know we're gonna they're 12 8 <laughs> i mean geez you, you know so they're do you keep them that fast all the time you don't. I would love to, but you can't up here with 100 inches of rain, you know. Right. If you take that divided by 365, that's three-tenths three of an inch of rain a day on average. It's like you, living in Hawaii. It is. Are you, you know, always above 10 on the speed? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, we shoot for, again, you know, we if we can keep them around 12, that's kind of our barometer. All right. What are you going to do after Thanksgiving? What do you do to the greens? Uh, nothing, holes? really. We're going to punch holes next week. Okay. So, so we do our verifications in April, September, and then I do a little one here in November. Okay. Just uh, you know, October in the mountains is the absolute best time to play golf anywhere because it's normally dry, it's cool. We can get green speeds like I was talking about. We can get our firmness down on a firmness meter less than a quarter of an inch. And the leaves aren't typically too the bad until the end falling of the month. Yet. Exactly. Okay. You know, you get the colors like what you guys are seeing out here right oh, now. Oh God. I've told everybody, you should only have a golf course open in October up here because the rest of the time it's hard because you fight for these conditions, you know. This is, wow. 
just the drive over. I mean, it was great. And then with a little mist, like we had bright sun hitting sure. them. And then you had it with a little bit of mist hitting them. You know what I mean? tough to see for a few minutes. Yeah. It was smoky mountains and the, yeah, it the was fog a, rolling in and the clouds dropping down. And yeah. He's going to get a little bit more heading down the mountain again today. We'll get some more good looks going back into town. So how many, uh, I'm just looking at the, was that you? No, I was going to okay. ask him how many rounds are expected. You know, I think this year we didn't open till the end of May. So we're probably somewhere in a 10,000 range. Um, knowing that half of our membership has not built their houses up here yet. so And that's only a half a year playing season. Yeah, our season will open May 1st usually, and then we'll close the end of Thanksgiving. You know, October and, and November, even May. You know, you really do that 10,000 rounds between uh, Memorial, Memorial Day and Day Labor, Labor Day, Day, you know. Mm-hmm. The holidays. I was going to ask. And that might change a little bit with more residents, though. I think it will. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, you know, when you look at up here, the average age of our existing members was in the mid-60s, and the new guys coming in are in the low 50s. So. Did you have to change, or is there still infrastructure components going on to this development, like roads and things of that nature? Is that going to disrupt your golf course any at all? It it comes into play on two holes, um, but hopefully that that's pretty much done by next year. The house the house building is going to go on for the next decade. You know, we just don't have the ability to come in and build two hundred houses at one time. So how close are they to the golf course? They're visible. Okay, but there's an architectural review committee that determines what trees and what can be cleared on a lot. They're going to get a view. They're going to get a view of the mountains. They're going to get a view of the golf course, but it won't be like Florida golf, so to speak, where they're lined up on both sides. Well, I'm not just hoping you don't have silt fences sticking up for years while construction's going on, too, to keep it off of you. You There will be, but you'll see when you get out here. You'll see it as bad. You're not going to pay it any attention. And you don't have to worry about the golf course and construction runoff and things. That's that's all I was kind of concerned about. But, I mean, for a million dollars, I guess you would want to see a little bit of all that. You want to see a little bit of it, yeah. (laughs) Especially for the dirt. How big are your green structures? Are they large green, small greens? Medium. You know, they probably average uh, 5,500 square feet. Um, Our biggest one's around seven, and our smallest one's right around four. Um, It was Tom's vision on this property to do an old-school Parkland-style golf course that just makes you want to come back and play again tomorrow. And, And I think he did a phenomenal job with it. You spend a lot of time with him? I do, you know, our did during construction. Um, you know, he's up, lives up here. You know, his, his office is in Hendersonville, and that's right. He has been, he had been trying to do High Hampton for a long time. Okay, <laughs> and so is this a new ownership that came in? It is. Um, Arlington family offices came in and bought the property uh, in conjunction with Daniel Communities. Um, Daniel Communities is based out of Birmingham, Alabama. Um, they're also the managing partner down at Reynolds and Lake Oconee. Okay. So they've got a a, back, a golf background and a development background. and um, It's been fun, man. It's been a, a great project. It's not bad. I mean, what'd you get? 10% of the real estate sales, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I just I'd come to work because I need to. Yeah. Something I mean, to do. Yeah. I mean, gosh. <laughs> like hitting the Powerball. <laughs> but um, how many, I mean, how many, he said you've got... 30-something on crew. How many assistants do you have then? I mean, can you take some time off now if you want to? Two right now. So I can. Uh, in fact, I'm leaving Saturday here. I got a couple hunts lined up. I'm going up to Michigan, and then I'm going to Indiana. Nice. So it's just me and my crossbow hitting the road. Nice. I'm going to go chase some white-tail so hunting activity. And, One in each state? Yeah. And did you have to put in draws for those? I did not. Just by out of state? No. So I'm going back to hunt with some old high school buddies in Michigan, so that'll be a good three or four days and then i've got a semi-guided hunt in indiana that i've been wanting to do for a long time so so one this of is kind you, of my post-construction one of them you won't remember other than the picture of the deer and the other one you'll be dialed in on i'll be dialed in for the second one Golly, for sure. are you gonna send me a picture if you get one you know you'll be the first one to get it well if you got time now you can come down and play with us some that'd be great i'd love to you know he doesn't have time just to come play golf with us not golf <laughs> play out in the woods yeah exactly yeah no we we talk in a different language now like yeah. like five-year-old you can you come out and play <laughs> you know yeah uh i don't think they'll be as big as what you're gonna see up there god i'm just dreaming now about bucks sorry i don't think your net on the driving range is high enough to keep my hooks no 
Okay. You know, that was uh, that was put in for the low screamers. Okay. And if somebody wants to go up over the top of it, they can. Right, okay. Um, that was a big debate. You know, nobody wanted it. It's huh. a necessary evil, right? You have to have so it. So we have to or... have it because of the parking lot. Yeah, right there. you can see a screamer going in there. So we put we, we did all the landscape, put the trees in. And okay. And got a 30-foot net. So, you know, as the trees grow, the life expectancy of that net's about seven or eight years and. I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here going. I know I can hit it, hook it over that. Yeah, net. there's. I can't imagine. When you pick the range, you got to walk down a parking lot. Do you? Wow. They get over there for sure. Yeah. Obviously, I would aim to the right, but look at the color, though. I know that's it's hard not the just stare out that window right there. Look at the color on the grass between the greens, tea boxes. There's like four target. shades of green out there. That's what I'm saying. Did you hear my neck crack having to turn around because you got the good view and I'm facing the blinds inside? <laughs> and none of that's painted, correct? No, none of that's painted. Yeah. It's all cool season grasses. So, I mean, you know, you get the definition and the bents have two different tones to them. Plus the height of cut shades it a little bit more. Um, gotcha. So what other stuff are you doing here? Are you doing like a lot of the research and the microscopic lab stuff like I hear goes on? At Wade, or? no, I put one in at Wade. Tom and I put one in at Wade, and um, you know, through uh, the assistance of NC State and Dr. Kearns and Lee Butler. And yeah, um, you had your own diagnostic lab basically. We did, it was really the idea of putting one in that they could use while they were up here. Yeah, you know, um, they did a lot of experiments with us and trials on the golf course and stuff like that. We would pretend, but at the end of the day, I would take a picture of it with my iPhone and send it to Butler and say, dude, what's going on, man? I love it. That's great. Um, uh, yeah, no, that was fun, but, um, don't have any intentions of that. Um, so I saw Tom a couple months ago, uh, in the Walmart parking lot in central. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell you got chaps on for? I had no idea. He rode like Harley's. Oh yeah. Tom's mo- big motorcycle guy. Are you, are you a motorcycle Who's guy? Who's Tom? I'm not. Bailey, they used to work together over at Wade. Sorry, okay. I didn't know. Are we allowed to say that? Sure, absolutely. I bet other people didn't know that too, not just me. No, I think everybody in the industry did. Yeah, right. So, what was his title? The people in Australia. Tom was a director of, of agronomy. agronomy. Was that really, the yeah. title? And you were the golf course superintendent. Correct. Because um, I'm trying to think of the young kid from Clemson. Oh, I can see his face right now. That just went up to work there. Um, but you guys have had a number of kids from the Clemson program in the recent years that went to work over there if i'm not mistaken we had a few interns from there um you know most of our guys that were from up north most of the southern schools we have a difficulty getting people i talk to ben about it all the time at mountaintop talk to eric at wade trying to get clemson and georgia and abac and some of these local schools down here to get an interest in these cool season grasses but you know what i really try to sell to them is man you're going to come here and you're going to learn attention to detail you're going to do everything that we got on our staff you're going to spray, you're going to run a crew, you're going to do, yeah. you know, it's, it's a mentorship program. Having successfully Bilingual. done that in the golf professional side of it, and then now turn around and doing it on the agronomic side of it, it is probably one of my greatest joys is to take somebody and get them to come in as an intern and watch them grow to an assistant and then place them at places. Do you have housing for them? We do. So you were able we to do. build that in? Yep. Oh, that's huge. How do you advertise or sell that? You know, you've got your general, you know, to, through the GCSAA, you got TurfNet, and then the rest of it's just word of mouth. Do you have to go to, like, actual schools? or? We've done that. You know, the sad part is is that nobody's getting in our industry anymore. Yes. You know, these, these turf schools that used to have 30, 40, 50, 60 kids, and six it's got seven. six. Yeah. You know, and... It's man. hard to justify a trip to Penn State for speaking yeah. engagement with pizza for seven kids. Exactly that you just never know. I know with Zoom last year, it helped with some of them because they were able, like not necessarily, I think for some individual golf courses because they were able to get in front of some kids where they couldn't. For sure. Before, you know, because they facilitated that. Wow. But it's tough. You know, I've got Jeff Franz, uh was a superintendent here when I came over. Um, he's still on staff. He's kind of my assistant director of grounds now. Um, Jake Manis is, is a golf course superintendent. He was at um, Diamond Creek and Congaree. Yep. So, um, but we're looking now f- to fulfill. Uh, I've got a second assistant that's leaving in November. So I'm looking to fill hint, hint, a couple y'all. more assistant positions. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be available when you hear this, by the way, because I think this is going to be a December 1 episode. So give, a, give Dave a call. 
Absolutely. Because this, this ain't a bad gig up here. No, you, you can. It's nice to be around here. You think? Yeah, you wouldn't get tired of it real quick, you know. So what are you going to do? What do they do? What do your full-timers do in the winter? Still some more construction projects. we got some scars that we've got to clean up. we got some perimeter areas. You know, we started in the middle, got the tees, greens, and fairways playable, and then, you know, we're working out into the rough and then into the secondary areas, tree lines. we still got some tree removal to do. We've got uh, a drainage project to do. Uh, we're talking about building a couple more tees. we got to finish the bridge. Um, Pristine Golf was a contractor that did the construction on the golf course. So we've got them coming back in pretty much all winter. They'll be here December 1 through sometime in April. What are they going to do? They're going to do Help these with projects. all these projects, yeah. and then you guys manage basically Correct. on site. Yep. So we've got some areas, you know, again, with 370 inches of rain in three years, you know, we've got some catch basins that need to be redetailed. We've got to add some drainage. We've got some areas where we need to go back in and add some irrigation. Um, Fazio is always tinkering, so no greens, adjustments, bunkers, things of that nature at this point. They're, Not after a half a season. No, um, our tenth green didn't turn out the way we wanted it to turn out, so we'll we'll get in there and tweak that. Um, but the rest of it is, you know, these mountain springs. You can go in and put three thousand linear feet of drainage in in an acre, and then all of a sudden a spring pops up. 10 feet off to the side and goes completely different direction and you, you just spend your lifetime chasing water up here so so you're either at an old facility with old irrigation chasing leaks or you're up here in the mountains chasing mother nature yeah, absolutely and she's always winning regardless absolutely but i mean so let's talk about the area for people who maybe aren't familiar they've heard of highlands north carolina for instance in the cashiers sapphire area mm-hmm. did i'll let you run through them What's some competition for High Hampton up here? Well, if you look at the Highlands Cashier Plateau, you know, which will go from Highlands, say, up to Lake Toxaway, you know, there's, I don't know exactly, 15 private clubs up here. Start naming them just so people can understand. Highlands Country Club, Mountaintop, Wade Hampton, Lake Toxaway, Sapphire Country Club. You got Wildcat, Cliffs, you got Colisagia. Highland Falls. Highlands Falls. um, Headwaters. Probably the best par three golf course in the world, in my opinion. It's just phenomenal. Um, The fancy named one, too. Um, Chinkapin? That's no longer in existence. What happened? It's a development now. Oh, I I can't think of it. The one with the T. What's the one with the flower? Where the par three was? Trillium. Trillium. Trillium's Trillium's still up up here. here. I mean, some of these places... Oh, they're they're all private. Right? Some private. of them have a all high end private, correct? Some of them have a, a small resort component to it, like we do. Oh, in Highlands, um, yeah, Highlands, so Highlands Cove, Old Edwards, Old Edwards. I'm yeah. thinking Highlands Cove, correct? Old it's Edwards, old sorry, Highlands Cove. Yeah, that's how long it's been since I pl- I've got to play Highlands Cove yeah. before they even flip the nines, right? So that's your here's mountain golf for you, right? You go up there and you play this place for the first time. And, like, the first hole, it's, I don't know, what, 40, 50 feet elevation change or something, which was 10, right? And then you come back down nine. Man, you, you play this par four, Alan, it looks like you're going to hit it forever, right? Like, it goes down this hill and hill. And then you turn, and you're like, man, what's the bat going to be? And it's in the valley. Uh, like, you're done. There's no more mountain golf. And it was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. This, I've never played two nines so unique like that. But now they've switched it where you play in the valley. You play the valley first, and then you end up. But they've also done some whole bunch of stuff they put in like one of those i don't remember himalaya style putting greens or something over there they did i think they just put in a 12 hole uh executive type golf course now too yeah do you remember lou miller oh yeah so lou's involved in that okay yeah anyhow sorry junior golf days back in the day can you stop tapping i can hear that (laughs) yeah i can't i'm just kidding (laughs) my bad my bad usually i'm the one getting in trouble over here (laughs) I got a bad set of headphones. These are no good. I got to get my studio. So how's your game? You know, it's been non-existent. I didn't really play golf for about 15 years, but um, I got a new set of clubs this year. And uh, so we've played a few times since we've been open. Um, haven't broke par yet, but we're getting close. Are you a member of the Carolina section? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's still yep. Class A certified. Yep. Class A in both. Man, do you play anything? No. Okay. You know, 
between the last four or five years up here and right you know it's kind of it was i was telling you earlier you know when i came home and told my wife that i was going back to school and changing careers all that she said that's fine and for five years she stayed in michigan getting the kids through high school while i was in ohio and alabama and here and uh you know that was 12 hour drive on friday and a 12 hour drive on sunday Man. you know for her and the kids to come down because i was working right and then I'd so they'd come home. to you they'd come to me and then you know i'd go home for birthdays or holidays or homecomings or big football games or whatever was going on with the kids or tennis matches or whatever but no week off ever to like God, vacation no. or God, go home it starts or tomorrow or saturday man first one pretty much and it's not even with the kids no <laughs> no it's that one's by myself <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me on that, that one's one. by myself yeah my wife's like where are you going anyhow yeah that's funny yeah what else you got I want to hear that Stacy imitation again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't listen to these. No, no, not at all. Uh-uh. So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self, give your younger self some advice, what would it be? Oh, that's easy. I would have went to Michigan State in the, in the turf program then back in the late 80s. Okay. You know, um, my, my great-grandfather was an apprentice for old Tom Morris at St. Andrews. Wow. And came to the United States in 1897. Um, Grand Rapids Country Club sent a request to old Tom Morris to come build him a golf course. And, of course, he didn't want to go, so he sent my grandpa, great-grandpa, at 23 years old. Did you know that? No. Wow. And so he came over, did the first nine holes there, and then worked his way around Lake Michigan, ended up settling in Chicago. He designed Cog Hill 1 and 2 designed nine holes at Fort Wayne Country Club and then he got into golf course ownership you know back in those days you were the you were the club pro and you were the golf pro and the greenkeeper right you kind of did it all and um, he put together a group of investors uh, out of Chicago and and built a golf course in Palos Heights called Oak Hills wow called Oak Hills and then my grandfather took over and then you know my dad was class A of both you know, my great-grandfather, I got a plaque at the house. My great-grandfather was on the executive committee of the PGA in 1916. Wow. Man. Um, he was in Sylvania, Ohio in 1927 when they founded the National Greenkeeper Association. And, you know, Dad was Class A in both. He was certified superintendent. He consulted at probably 250 courses around the world. Um, so it was in our blood. I fought it because I wanted to be in a... I wanted to continue the family business and golf course ownership. And I'll never forget it. When I went to college, Dad said, you know, you don't have to do this. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's all we know. So off to Ferris State I go and get my business degree. One of the best, too, by the way. We sold the golf course in Michigan, and he said, David, you know, we're done. If you want to go do something else, now's a good time. I'm like, we're, we're not done. You know, we've got my whole career ahead of us. I'm going to do for you what you did for your dad. man." That was the last one we owned. (laughs) So we've been working, but, you know, with Dad's involvement with with the Nicholas group and working for him for so long, and, yeah, if I could go back, for sure, I would have went straight to agronomy. That's a great lineage, you know. I'm sure your great-grandfather would look back and be super proud of what you've done and still it be in the family today. Well, I'm sure he'd be looking at these greens being like, they're, they're, they're too fast. They're too fast. <laughs> it's completely different, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. His cultural practices and yours are a little bit different. You think? Yeah. Top dressing by way of the sea breeze might. <laughs> it's a little different. Than I've got an way. article that was written in 1906. My grandfather, great-grandfather went back to see old time in 1903, and he came back and wrote an article um, right about the time that old time Morris died. And one of the paragraphs I keep on my phone because in his wisdom and in his advice to my grandpa about bringing golf to the United States and, and being a part of that, it says it was all in the sand, right? So, you know, every superintendent out there knows how the value of top dressing and airification and all that other stuff. And it was noted back in the 1890s. So Over 110 years ago. Boy, that's too continues crazy. today. So do you, do you have to then go on and serve on the GCSAA national board then and get your presidency and all that fun stuff in your future? No, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't see that happening. I mean, I didn't know if you were going to run it to conclusion, you know, like they, they were there in its infancy, right? right? So I didn't know if you were going to 
that was a plaque on your wall to hang as well. No, you know, I, I enjoy what I do in here for the members here and, and building the golf courses and being outside. I appreciate everything that, you know, the, the executive committees do for the PGA and the GCSA, but I've got my opinions on them. I know that they're different than what the original intentions were, but I think times have changed too. And, sure. you know, we, we'll just leave it at that. But sure I appreciate enough. everything that they do, but yeah. that's well, not I mean, my cup of tea. Well, and I think it says by you retaining your, like you say, your class A on both sides, the importance of those organizations, right? Whether you believe 100% or not. They are. You know, the, the, there's been a Dave McIntosh involved with the PGA since it existed. Same thing with the GCSA, right? So I had two girls, so I, I'm the great-grandfather was one book in, and I'm the, I'm, I'm the other end. But, man, it's been a great ride for our family, and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So yeah. was was his name David? All well? four of us. Wow. Yep. Not counting my uncle is a is a Class A member of the PGA. My great uncle and all of their cousins are out west. So yeah, it's been a it's a family business for sure. You yep. ever been back to St Andrews? Never been there. So you've never been. No. Like, you I'm assume a, there's like a homestead there or something maybe or something to find. Yeah, you know. So Dad um, came up and visited me in May of eighteen when we were getting ready to open up Wade Hampton. And then I took this job, started here in July, and then I wasn't here for nine days when he had his heart attack and passed away. So he never got a chance to see it. But ironically, we were talking about while he was up here before I even knew I was coming to Highampton that we were going to schedule something and go to St. Andrews. And we never made it, obviously. Um, got mixed emotions on whether I want to go now, you know, without him. But sure, I think in the right situation, I would love to go. Yeah. It's an amazing place. I just I mean, see the pictures, you know, and I see other people, you know, that go and, you know, to experience that and play the different golf courses and Carnoustie and St. Andrews. And there's there's a part of it, too, where, you know, you go and you want to play the the open courses, but there's just part of me that just wants to go out and find some public golf course out in the middle of nowhere out there and just go way back, way back, something that's kind of not been touched. And I think that'd be really cool. So that's the uh, the old balcony course at Crail, right? Like you hear every when we were there, it was worth the whatever hour or something ride out of St Andrews to go up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you, when I was there, I think my most enjoyable afternoon was when Andy and Doug, Andy Campbell, kind of toured us around a little bit. Like he's the first ever certified and whatever club manager guy as well, and he's over there. Um, but I just stayed in town and they went and played golf at, I don't even remember where, somewhere else and walked around downtown and then out to the old cemetery and found wow. the graves and, sure. you know, from old and young Tom and, um, gosh, some of those other golf professionals and to see, you know, the, uh, Thomas Wisnett where he was burned at the stake mm-hmm. right there. And you're looking at the dates of these things that are 200 years older than even our country. Right. You know, and so for you to have roots there I, I, yeah. I can't even imagine walking those streets you know it's just that's pretty cool it would be pretty cool you know I, w- I would like to go I think from that component you ever want to tell that story in print we got to get Trent to write you an article man to go to Carolina absolutely Street. that would be great say you need to go ahead and call Trent and tell him to call him now yeah I think that'd be something that'd well, be something cool for family stuff you know for lineage like you say to be able to carry on a tradition as such right you know over a hundred something years no I would love it so we played golf and you never even told me that. I guess you don't tell a lot of people that story, huh? No. You know, and I don't know why. It just never comes up. And sure. I'm not really one to sit around and talk about myself for a while. but Ever? Ever. No. You know, it's, it's, I kind of look more forward. My dad was the same way. Yeah. You know, if you if you talk to my dad, uh, you, you wouldn't would, even know he was in golf. That, no. He did 250 courses for Nicholas around the world and Price and Els and everybody else, so. That's just crazy. He just likes doing what he does and or doing what he did, and I don't know. I never could understand it, right? Like, Dad, why aren't you writing articles? Why aren't you in books? Why aren't you doing seminars and all this other stuff? It's because when he wasn't working or helping a superintendent out of a problem or working on a new facility, he was he was on his boat out in the ocean fishing. So or Dad, or Dad. Yep. For those moments where he could be. Exactly. 
Well, and again, you know, generations were different, I think, right? Then versus now. Yeah. And then work was, sorry, the priority and the expectation for the man of the household. I mean, not being sexist or anything, but right? True. That generation. And on, on private, you know, on family-owned facilities, you know, I remember as a kid waking up, mowing greens in the morning, running a golf shop in the afternoon, flipping burgers and too young to serve beers, but... You know, cleaning the bathrooms and locking the place up and heading to the house to do it all over. So, you know, when it's your business, you do whatever it takes. So It's like owning a family farm, right? I mean, exactly. It's a lot. Whether you're out with the chickens or the eggs or, right. you know, or whatever. Chicken or the eggs. I met the cows. <laughs> Sorry. Man. What else you want to tell the world, man? Anything else? I just appreciate you guys having me up here and uh, are coming up here and let me sit down and tell my story a little bit and talk to you about High Hampton. I cannot wait to get you guys back out here and play golf. I think you're going to fall in love with this golf course. And I don't know if I'm going to leave. I'm just going to wait until that time comes to it's stay good here. Thing you have another appointment this afternoon. I can tell you that because he'd be getting rain gear out and be like, dude, we <laughs> can still go. We can still go. I want to go putt and chip. I might have to for you. Good. I don't, you yeah, don't know how to get home from here. Take I'm a left. it come down to the sheet so you can see it move. Is it getting worse? Yeah. So it's raining hard now? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. well, let's just stay. So what's the deal with the logo? Tell us that. I've been meaning to ask you the whole time. It's so a, the don- it's a donkey Is it a donkey logo, or right? an ass? It's a donkey, Okay. right? And it's um, Fred and Ed were miniature donkeys that were involved with this project for a long time. And they would do hay rides for the kids, and they were a petting zoo, and they were a, you know a, just a part of High Hampton forever. And um, huh. we were, not we, they were playing around with different marketing materials and changing the logo and some other stuff and they threw it out there just to see how it would go and it stuck and man it's amazing that people see this all over the country and and they're like i know it's like don quixote without don it's 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 amazing how many people know of little cashers north carolina well so my question was going to be i don't know if we should put it on air can i mean can can you buy stuff in the golf shop? Or Absolutely. Like credit card, or do sure. you have to be like member charge? Or we'll get you whatever you want. Do you get the PGA discount? Sure. Oh, I'm going downstairs next. Well, <laughs> you want a T-shirt? I'll buy you a T-shirt. You want one for real? Yeah, I do. With a donkey or with the double H? We'll see. I'm saving all my money. I figured it was going to take you time to pack up. Yeah, it will. <laughs> Man, I lost Pennsylvania, Oakmont. Oh, no, I'm saving my money for Pennsylvania. Unfortunately. He's going to play Oakmont. Oh, good for you. Three days. In three days? Yeah. Oh, the weather should good be great. The storm should be, be gone. High of 50 or high of 60. Yeah. Or upper About 50. the same as when you played Augusta. Yeah. 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 Snob. Yeah. Man, it's tough. It's tough being you in it. It is. I'm excited game. about this one. But um, I, I was there for the 16 Open. Where are you? And it's by far and away the best golf course condition-wise I've ever seen. Yeah, Tournament-wise. spectacular. What's the craziest tournament you ever played in? Like, big name. Did you play? You didn't play in college? No. Did you ever do the club pro? Yeah, I played in some of those. I played uh, a, a pro event at Oakland Hills, um, which o- the south course at Oakland Hills is the hardest golf course I have ever played. Really? Um, you know, I played the north course. I shot 74 with two doubles and felt like I was in contention, you know, for the Michigan section. I think 69 was low, so a decent score on the south course. And, you know, I shot a smooth 86 that was – I was tired. <laughs> that golf course. Mentally. Just, we got an inch of rain the night before. It was soaking wet and just brutal. He put up with me for my first ever just brutal. sober round of golf post stints, oh, which was yeah. not very good either. Um, right. Almost made me want to quit that day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he put up with me. And I learned that day that Wade Hampton wasn't a mountain per se golf course. It's a golf course in the mountains that you look up at the mountains. Really? Exactly. I never realized that. Like, I always think of these, like, you know, you're, like, yeah. you're on the side of the hill, and you're. And it's kind of like grandfather, you know. It's it's just kind of down in the valley, which is why they built Linville Ridge above it so they could look down on it. But, <laughs> right. I mean, um, <laughs> how's this one? Is it mount? Is it? Same, it's the exact same. You know, same. the property's touch. It was owned by the same family. Okay. And um, what properties touch? Wade Hampton. Wade Hampton it's and right High Hampton. Oh, okay. Touch. We're yeah. gonna take a left out of here. And, and Wade Hampton will be on your left. Hmm. And when we yeah. came by, like, you didn't see it, but that lake, that's the mountaintop golf and country club or mountaintop lake that we went to the... The lake that was on our right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That was where we went to mountaintop. Mountain okay. Up there. We didn't come to into the mountaintop that way earlier this year. We came off the other road from the Highlands Road, but... Right. Eh, he's been up to mountaintop. 
hadn't had a chance to play. Well, so. I've been through the guard gate and through the maintenance building. Haven't really been to mountaintop. Yeah, it's uh, a little more mountainy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the beef jerky though from the store there is. Do y'all have a beef jerky store here? No, we don't. Okay. No, we don't. What do y'all got famous like that, man? He's got good food though. I'm assuming. We're just getting started, you know. So we really haven't created that yet. Rumor has jerky. it from the golf from the golfers that the Philly cheesesteaks are pretty good. So maybe that'll be it. Did you bring the recipe down with you? No, I don't have anything to do with that. I'll stop by and sample it whenever I can get a handful. But man, we got a sampler pack with the Michigan logo on it last year from uh, Chad Kuzawa, I think, who used yeah. to be at Old Chatham. Yeah, and he's now selling something up there. Yes. Um, but man, it had like the state on it, and it was—I don't know what was in it, but I remember it was pretty good. It was like cinnamon walnuts, maybe. I don't know. But your state had some good food. Yeah, Michigan's got it, got it going on. Yeah, yeah, and they're selling a hell of a lot of hats on that turf T-shirts thing. Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> on the Twitter machine. Yeah. Those school logoed hats. Yeah. When he said MSU, that made me think of that. I was like, all I see are those green hats all over the damn Twitter machine. Yeah. So, Ferris State then. So, who do you pull for in football? I'm a Clemson fan, man. Born and raised in Spartanburg. So, yeah. you know, we we were miserable for so many years. And then we had a good few years. And now this year, it's like, man, we got to turn it back around. So, so, you need one of those for vacation. I, I do need one of those. That's awesome. Well, you're leaving That's early, awesome. so you can just have that one. I've Perfect, worn it once. Do you, you care? It. Smell no, it. It's absolutely. all right. Absolutely. No, it's worn it once. I mean, <laughs> he said, smell it. I, I put it on I Saturday morning for the first time for a deer hunt, and I killed a deer in 30 minutes. Did you really? And that's Good the second time I put it on today. So, yeah, you take that well, one. Well, I'll take that one to Michigan and in yeah. Indiana, and I will wear that. And yeah. If I'll I hunt more than 31 deer. minutes, I'm, I'm taxing. <laughs> yeah, you need to. This thing's <laughs> warranty's shot on this thing. What's yeah, the warranty exactly. on my free hat? <laughs> well, what else you got, Alan? Anything else do we need I to think cover? I feel like we've covered it all. I would sit here trying to go over my mind. There's anything else I wanted to ask before we get out But of you here. got new donkeys, right? Do we still have Fred and Ed, right? Same ones? Yep. Well, no, obviously they've changed through the generations. Okay, but, but it's still the same names. It is. You know, we... Um, so they're boys? For right now, yes. Is that acceptable in today's day and age, or should you not have a female donkey in here? Are they regular or miniature? They're miniature. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, what's... How big? Like, shell, they they probably, Shetland pony size? Okay. Tall. Are they friendly? Yeah. You know, the kids like to come up and pet them and... Feed them carrots and whatever yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So we bring them out. We keep them over in the equestrian center. You got a, so, wait, equestrian center? Mm-hmm. You got horses here too? We did. We yeah. don't have any boarded right now, but we do have an equestrian center component that Mid- was part of it. We Is closed it during construction, and uh, as of right now, it hasn't reopened. But yeah, members could board their, their horses here. Where do they? Is that part of that 15 miles of trails you got to keep up? Can yeah, the they, take could, those? they could go through there, but a lot of it was just riding around different places inside the, you know, there was a round pen, and then there's pastures out there. And, but not the golf course? No. We're going to make sure of that. Right. You know, back in the old days, they had llama caddies here. I was about to say, y'all could, was uh, that here? Mm-hmm. The llamas, uh, they're still around. We bring them out for, you know, 4th of July and uh, Labor Day Memorial Day weekends. We had them out for the grand opening, but uh, they, they're not caddying at this point. I read an so. article about that. I didn't realize I was here. Yeah. Now, why, why not alpacas? You know, I don't know, and I don't know that much about it, but I just know they're not caddying on my golf course right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't fathom that, man. You're starting to see some of those hoof prints out west of the elk herds yeah, coming through on yeah. greens and things. Oh, my gosh, I can't fathom that, man. That's just crazy. I keep texting them saying, hey, if you need help, holler. <laughs> no doubt. Man, we'll we'll travel. Yes, I have a crossbow for that, too. <laughs> yes, and I can stay very still very yeah, for a long time. Will you be coming to conference and show? I won't. Yeah. You know, sadly, uh, you know, all, all of our staff, the H2B programs, those guys leave That's on right. the 14th, yeah. and we're still open through Thanksgiving. You know, I've never been to the Carolina show. 11 yes. years up here in the Carolinas. and um, It's all the same reason. It's timing. With the it's season. timing. You know, if we were closing in November, then I would love to go there. Um, really thought uh, last year was going to be a year that we could go. Because Sorry. we were in construction, <laughs> and you know, the world got in the way of that one, but. I want you to win the Carolina Section Championship and the Toro. Oh yeah, STM. our championship. There you go. That'd be strong. That's a, that's something for you to work on for your rocking chair here while you're whittling your rocking chair up here in Putton. Okay. Well, well, same year section champions. Wow, that'd be tough, especially at 51 years old. I tell you what, I'll even put this out there. If you do that, 
Pulling Weeds will sponsor you to go to both your national tournaments and pay your expenses there. All right. I think it's, I think it's you're on fine. record. Look, the red button still. The red yep, light still, still recording. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Twenty twenty three. I'll caddy for you. Both events and walk. Yeah. I just That's threw that out there. Didn't you get to ride the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant he won't. No, yeah, no, no, no. Well, he probably would have to. Well, he's 51. He might get senior events. Yeah, well, that might be a possibility. But the game's got – it's not as good as it used to be. So we've got a couple got, years of practicing. Yeah. If you're, Somehow I'm going to have to stretch and lose about 40 pounds too. But Oh, that comes with walking. Yeah. yeah I walked yeah. – Start uh, taking the alpacas again or the llamas. Exactly. <laughs> I played Pinehurst number two. Um this fall and man how great was that Just you phenomenal. played it so you did you got, do, did you walk it mm-hmm. with a caddy mm-hmm. did you play the cradle as well i did and there's still this one up the here cradle still. we got rain now we got about four holes in. we ended up playing in the rain and we're standing water all over the greens but you know just the aura of being at piners number two and donald ross's house on the side of three green was just amazing man i was just walking around with a miller light just enjoying the day and so how about we were talking to Josh Costner earlier? He was there. He played with me. So huh. did you know that his grandfather, there's a picture of him with the horse plow cutting in Linville with Mr. Ross in the same photo? No. Costner has got to be awesome. Costner's a fifth generation. Right. No, I remember talking to him about it when I met him down at Pinehurst. Yeah. He's a yeah. So there you go. A couple a podcast one. guests that yeah. y'all can make back he, up. He kept us in stitches the whole day. Yeah, he is funny, man. With him, calling his shots, par three, hidden driver. Josh will watch this, boys, and he knocks it in there about twelve feet, makes a putt. And... <laughs> He's a damn hoot, man. He was a character. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Coke and a cigarette all day, I bet. Yeah, hundreds of them. <laughs> Cherry lit <laughs> or like all day. Like just, just, yep, exactly. What is that? Chain smoking those things and yeah, yeah. 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 them one off the other one. God dang. Those All were right. the days. Those were the days. Well, what else we got? Do we have any time? Oh, my God. We're close. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. We've man. kind of run a little long. Yeah. Sorry. It happens. Sorry, yeah. listeners, but hopefully it was worth it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, David. You, man. And look forward to coming back up. 